Hi, and welcome to the Beer and Eggs podcast. I'm Jessica, and I'm here with Ryan, my husband. You almost <laughs> forgot your name. <laughs> I am Jessica. No, it's just, it's been it's a pretty, pretty wild late. day. I just got back from uh, saving Merlin from being lost. Yeah, our husky almost froze to death outside because he decided to run away at like yeah. 1030 at night. Yeah, I walked. In the snow. <laughs> like two blocks away. Come all the way back. And he's in the garage again. He's in the garage. <laughs> At least he knew to come back, right? Well, yeah, his food's here. Yeah. I assume he wouldn't forget, but he definitely took his sweet time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, Ryan, Chapter start us five, off. Huh? Chapter five. Yes, right. we're in the middle of our series reading through the book of Luke. Okay. Now, it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put it out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put the boat into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled, the, filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that he saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear, from now on you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. While he, he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell down on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he ordered him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. But the news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. 
and immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And they said to him, The disciples of John fast often and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine desires new, for he says the old is good. Any thoughts? Thoughts, questions, comments, <laughs> concerns. I just love how uh, <laughs> he just he goes to the uh, the or the paralytic that they bring down to him. First, he forgives his sins, and then he tells him to get up and walk. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so interesting because they're like they're all triggered. You know, because they're like, well, only God can forgive sins. And he's like, I am God. Watch this. Get up and walk. <laughs> and which which one of those things was easier for me to do as yeah. the, you know, son of God? I like how it says he perceived their thoughts. Mm. Like, could you imagine that? They're like kind of like whispering amongst themselves. And Jesus turns and he's like just directly answers their question. Of what they're forgives like. his sins and then heals the man. It's like mm-hmm. that's a, astonishing, you know. And it says everyone went away glorifying God. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, only God alone can forgive sins. They were correct in that statement. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so then draw your conclusion. <laughs> this yeah. is believe, the Lord. <laughs> believe what you are hearing and say, and what is happening in front of you, and what I am saying. Mm-hmm. You know. It's, it's, he's, you know, he's reassuring them in their doubts. Like, no, this is, this is happening, you know, right in front of your eyes. And it's almost like he uses the healing to confirm the forgiveness of the sins. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's like, your sins are forgiven. Like anyone can say that. But when I say it, it means something. Yeah. And I'm going to follow it up. And by things happen. Mm-hmm. Is this where we first meet uh, Peter? Formerly known as Simon. Mm-hmm. In this book. In in the book of Luke, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it happens just about the same way in the other 
mm-hmm. the others as well. Um, I love his response to Jesus's miracle. Mm-hmm. Depart from me, for I am a sinner. Yeah. That's a correct response. Would you agree? Yeah, I don't I don't know what my response would be in in that moment. Like imagine cuz obviously he comes to the realization that this guy mm-hmm. is something much greater than he is himself, right? right? Well, and yeah, he calls him Lord. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to um I feel like Isaiah's response in the temple. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I'm unclean. Woe is me. Right. Yeah. I'm undone. Or- I'm undone. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you're in the presence of God, and as a sinner, there's nowhere know, to hide. There, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. It's overwhelming. But then Jesus, I don't know. I just I feel like he's so gentle with him. Mm-hmm. Well, he's so reassuring too. Like. You know, even with the Levi, Matthew, I mean, the dude's a tax collector, Mm -hmm. shunned by society, essentially. And you just assume to be corrupt, I would imagine. Right, because didn't they have kind of a reputation for taking money from the collections? Yeah, taking more than they they needed to. Um, But... He was just one of those, you know, those people. Yeah. <laughs> and it says he just literally said, follow me. And he let, he left everything. And then threw a big party for him. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Pharisees were like, why is he associating with them? Well, and I think it's funny where he's like, I, I didn't come to call the righteous but the sinners to repentance. And I don't think what he's saying there should be misheard as like, Oh, I didn't come here to call you Pharisees. He's mm-hmm. like, no, you're the sinners that I'm also calling. You know what I mean? Yes. So, and he, it's... he in other places, you know, tells, tells them about their sins as well the men that think that they're righteous. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it almost sounds a little like he's calling them out for their self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I, how I read it, you know? Yeah. Do you in not light, give, in light of everything else that do we know. you not give offerings for your sins? Pharisees like, yeah, well it's like, yeah, and then reading you know. it as a, you know, in modern times today, it's like, are you a sinner? Mm-hmm. Or are you righteous? Because if you think you're righteous, if your whole hope is in yourself, mm-hmm. then he did not come for you. You have he has nothing to do with you. But if yeah. you're a sinner who is spiritually bankrupt and you know you need a savior, he came for you. You know, he's that yeah. answer to your need. Even if you don't know it. Oh, well, yeah, and then part of the grace is just realizing you're a sinner. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lot of grace in itself from God, but... Yeah, there's so much depth in the parable that he tells, too, that I think is lost on me, just because I don't quite understand 
Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard this so many times, and I've heard sermons on this. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, it just has not sunk in what he is trying to say. Yeah, because they're talking about, you know, why do you eat and fasting? And, like, I understand the reasoning for the cloth from the new garment. Um, Because you're tearing up a new garment to fix an old. And then those two are going to match. And the wineskin, it bursts because, I guess, I think I remember someone saying, like, wine, like, the expands or it off gases or something so if you put new wine in an old skin it's not as uh like elastic i don't know if that's even (laughs) remotely correct but do you know what what it is he's saying though especially with like the cloth or a new garment what is it that he's he's trying to teach them like, what do those things represent? I don't know. We can see what uh, MacArthur says here. If I had to take a guess, it's just a wild Jessica guess. Mm-hmm. I'd say it possibly has something to do with preparing them spiritually. You know, because yeah, he ta- so... it. He talks about it right after he says, you know, can. Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? In other words, like, they're not ready yet. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, So they should be eating and drinking. Like, it's not their day to fast. It's their day to be fed and to be taught and to be grown. I don't know. What does MacArthur say? So some of the notes he has here are uh, for 5.33... Um, Jesus did fast on at least one occasion, but privately in accordance with his own teaching from Matthew uh, chapter six, 16 through 18, the law also also prescribed a fast on the day of atonement. And that's from Leviticus, but all other fasts were supposed to be voluntary for specific reasons, such as penitent, uh, penitence and earnest prayer. The fact that these Pharisees raised this question shows that they thought of fasting as a public exercise to display one's own spirit, spirituality, yet the Old Testament uh, also rebuked hypocritical fasting. See notes uh, in Matthew, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, Isaiah uh, chapter 58, uh, and then it goes into the wine, the old is good enough. Those who had acquired a taste for the old covenant ceremonies and Pharisaic traditions were loathed to give them up for the new wine of Jesus is teaching. Luke alone adds this saying. So, oh, so this is only found in Luke, the wine, the part. wine part. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. See, I never, so it, I never would have gotten that the old sounds, covenant and the new covenant. Yeah. It sounds like he's, he's alluding to the new covenant, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense of, in this parable, the old and the new. Um, it kind of that, really ties back to that whole self-righteousness versus do you realize that you you need Well, you don't Christ. need to break down the new garment to fix the old. You have oh, a new, yeah. new garment. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it's the same with the um, new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I assume that's what it's alluding to. It's just like this new and old play on words where he's bringing the new covenant, I guess, is what MacArthur is, is kind of saying mm-hmm. about this. But one day, Ryan, this. one day when the spirit thinks we're ready, he will illuminate that part to us. And right when we need it, we'll be like, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> if you say so, <laughs> you probably read it like a hundred more times and still learn something <laughs> new about chapter five. Oh, yeah. There's always more to learn. So, <laughs> well, I really enjoyed today. Yeah. Thank you for reading with me. Yeah, thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back again tomorrow for chapter six. Yay. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye.